Welcome to Change My Mind, the podcast that tackles real-life issues that you can relate to. Each episode focuses on one specific topic with an expert to give you all the answers you'll need as you step out into this world. I'm Georgie Clark, and this is Change My Mind. Today's show is covering a topic that unfortunately most of us have had to participate in, dating in the 21st century. So I decided to bring in the expert of all experts. She's a social worker, dating coach, author of Block, Delete, Move On, and has her own fair share of dealings with fuckboys. The one and only La La La, Let Me Explain. Uh, hi. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for coming in. So you're, you're actually La La, but your page is La La La, Let Me Explain. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So my favorite chapter in your book which I read when you gave it to me. Thank you so much. It was incredible. Um, the first topic is, is he worth disturbing your pH for? Now, I have some serious opinions on this because I feel like personally, they're not worth disturbing your pH for. And um, yeah, as a woman, I would say that I have quite a high maintenance vagina. So <laughs> uh, yeah, my pH will get disturbed a lot, but it's definitely very accurate. So I had a situation in 2020 where I was dating someone and he went away to, he was meant to go to New Zealand to see his family, but surprise, surprise, he went to Dubai with his ex-girlfriend on holiday. Of course. Cheated on me. And uh, when he came back, obviously we were intimate, had sex. And then, yeah, my pH was disturbed. And do you know what the worst thing was, was that I was almost felt embarrassed and was blaming myself for it because I didn't know that he cheated on me. But I do think that there is a lot of accuracy in that statement. You know, doctors and scientists and whatever will say... Well, you know, you're, you're, so, so my theory is, much like yours, is that your vagina knows. She knows and she wants to tell you and she is going to let you know long before your brain has worked out that this person is a mega fuckboy. My theory is that if you're constantly getting bacterial vaginosis, BV or UTIs or reoccurring thrush, then in my, it's my personal unscientific research that when that happens you find out always later down the line that they were shagging loads of other people or that they had a partner or that they were just terrible for you in some way. It's your body not agreeing with them, basically. Yeah, if your vagina doesn't like him, that's a massive sign. And I know that there will be gynecologists and doctors and scientists like, no, no, you can't say this because it's not scientifically true. So I just want to keep clarifying the fact that I know it's not scientifically true because no one's done a test on it. But also my theory on that is that the reason you can't even test this is because how would you? Like, how would you gather together a group of people who are all getting recurrent BV and then gather together their partners and ask them for the truth. Like, are you all shagging loads of other people? <laughs> the, the survey's going to be flawed because all these men are going to go, They're no, gonna lie. no, I'm not. And then the survey will say, oh, no, it's got nothing to do with cheating. But there we go. So you can't really test this. But anecdotally, and we're, so when I did this thread the other week, I got inundated with DMs from thousands of women all saying, oh, my God, I had a partner and I used to get recurrent BV and it turned out he was sleeping with multiple every, other people. Every woman knows. I think every woman has dealt with this at some point in their life. And it's funny that you say that there would, there's never even been any kind of way to test this. But I do think that a massive part of this is because women's health is so lacking in every way, shape, yeah. and form. Like, I know for me, like I had, I had a partner and I had UTIs for a whole year. Every time we had sex... 
um, the doctor was just like, here, here's antibiotics for a mm. whole year of my life. You know, if at one point he'd have said to me, it's your body not agreeing with this person, potentially because he is doing X, Y, and Z elsewhere. I mean, I guess it's hard for them to say They that. wouldn't be able to, because they say say you're the person you're shagging is a lawyer. He's going to go to the GP and, and then, be like, hang on a minute, you yeah. told her to leave me for yeah. no scientific basis whatsoever. This is true. But I think, like, you, you know, certain things pass down, don't they, through women and, and culture, and, like, even though we might hear it as an old wives' tale or whatever, maybe this is a new wives' tale. Maybe we need to, like, start getting the message out. Forget what medicine says. If your vagina is recovering, currently protesting against this person's penis get rid of him yeah they're yeah they're a pig basically yeah <laughs> they yeah. need to get in the bin <laughs> but obviously there's caveats to it like you know if you're happily married and this is just actually if you're happily married and this has just started happening there okay. might be someone on the sidelines yeah yeah i think yeah i think it's something that like i'm i've also spoken about this on my stories and it was weird because i think your audience knows a lot more than mine do in terms of this kind of stuff but when i said it everybody was like oh my god i've had that before like my new partner now nothing i've never had anything like so girls can go for like a, years in a relationship having all of these problems mm just dealing with them and then get into new relationships and never, ever, ever have it again. Exactly. It's bizarre. Yeah. But in my case with the guy who cheated on me when he came back, it was so bizarre that I felt like it was something that I had done. I was like, did I use too much soap? Like, did I do this? Did I do that? And then instead, when the truth came out, I was like, that literally timed perfectly when he got back from that trip and had obviously been sleeping with his ex, come home, got straight into bed with me, mm. which is disgusting. Well, that's because we're told that these things aren't sexually transmitted and they're not. I mean, bacterial vaginosis is not sexually transmitted in the sense that we can make it ourselves. Yeah. You know, your pH balance can be disturbed for a number of reasons, like you say, soap or or whatever, hormonal changes. So so BV is not classed as a sexually transmitted infection because it's it's something we make ourselves. But and also men can't develop bacterial vaginal. There is no bacterial penis yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they so it's not sexually transmitted in that sense. But also I know that if your dick has been in three women last week, I'm probably gonna get Bacterial vaginosis. Yeah, yeah. It's too much like, yeah, I, I totally agree. Just bizarre. But so. also it's that thing, isn't it, that we don't learn that sex isn't actually always sexy. Yeah. Like, and, and porn, I guess, to me, a lot of porn doesn't make sex look sexy at all. It makes it look fucking horrific. But also, you know, even if we watch the most ethical porn, it is all very fluid and flowy and one thing goes from the next. But actually in real sex, it is like, oh, stop, have you got a condom? Or, yeah. or what are you doing? Your, your dick's going in the wrong place. Or, you yeah. know, it is messy. <laughs> <Not there. laughs> and it is sweaty. And it is, you know, there are some gross things about sex that actually aren't even really gross when you you know we're just we're humans but i think because we don't see that reality side of sex we don't have that confidence to say okay it makes it not like a porn movie if i say stop wash your hands yeah but actually for us to have a really healthy good time we have to do that yeah you know yeah no definitely because then you're thinking like oh this is just gonna end up in me on antibiotics because i haven't said anything yeah having the strength to be like no don't do that do you know it's it's yeah. really tough because then you kind of get categorized as like the woman who's really demanding or a bit aggressive or whatever or boring but... or shit in bed or like you know because it does ruin things if you're in the middle of a a kissing session and you know that this is about to move to sex and then you're like hey sorry just 
want to know, have you ever had herpes? You know, it's like a total <laughs> mood ruiner. Yeah. But also, I'm not going to orgasm if the entire time I'm thinking, shit, I didn't ask the question. I need to know the answer. Not because having sex with people with herpes is problematic, because you can have very safe sex, but I need to know. Yeah. I need to know whether you're conscious of the fact that if you're shedding, you might be able to pass it on to me. So let's not do it now. But yeah. I'm happy to do it in a little while when, yeah. when you're like over the sores or whatever. Um but it all makes it very unsexy. And and I think as women, we're so conscious of being what he needs us to be in bed, what he needs us to be in the kitchen, what he needs us to be as a mother, that actually, you know, I have become very unsexy because I will ask those questions. I will say, stop. I will say, why did you just put your hand on my neck when you didn't even ask? Yeah. Like, yeah. Y- y- you know, and, and so now I'm like completely fucking unattractive to most men. Same, same. But also, at least my vagina's really happy. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, you can't have both ways, can you? That's yeah. the problem. I actually did a video recently. I don't know if you saw it where I put a condom on my foot yeah I saw that yeah I actually had a situation with a guy once and he was like it won't fit I was like wait wait there one second and I actually did that for him and he was like well now I don't want to have sex and I was like well (laughs) I don't want to have sex with you either because you are so ignorant like what the yeah I'm the definition of killing sexual moments with someone because I will just do stuff to prove a point to be honest and ask those questions (laughs) yeah me too but then they become completely unattractive like if you are that guy who is pretending that your dick is too big for condoms you're you're doing that with everyone and I I find that really unattractive because then they're not using condoms with anybody yeah so the chances that they're going to mess your pH balance up is very high very high and it's usually not worth it that was the point of the whole chapter for me of, of, of is it worth disturbing your pH for because actually sometimes if I was going to have potentially the most explosive fucking orgasm like a night of sensual pleasure that my body's never experienced anything like that before then maybe a bit of BV or thrush might be worth there might be a payoff (laughs) high risk high reward you know but actually why am i giving myself a bit of thrush or bv for like some mediocre dry dead sex which is all about you just jackhammering into me which is doing nothing for me like what's the point is it actually worth it yeah you know there's a lot of selfish sex going on out there i think Mm. um i'm i'm quite uh vocal in like what I like and what I don't like and I feel like it really shocks men Mm. like seriously shocks them and I'm like well we're not just here for you we're also here for me you know it matters what I want as well yeah um but they it is always I see on their faces and I can tell they're getting a bit annoyed and I'm like if you've got a problem with a woman telling you what she wants yeah then that's all I need to know that you are not going to be good in bed the problem is it's so it's like we need to get every woman on board and we need to get them from when they're starting their sexual journeys at like 17, 18. Because the thing is, if you if you slept with me when I was 20, you would probably be like, she's fucking insane in bed. She's a fucking freak. But and, it was serving them, not and you. And that's because, yeah, I was totally like, you know, I'd have a dick going in and out of me and I wouldn't be really feeling that much because I need clitoral stimulation to come. But I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah. you know, and <laughs> honestly, do whatever the fuck you want to me. I'm here to please you. Come in me. Oh, 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 you know. 
they would have probably been like, wow, I would have been deep throating, all sorts. Yeah. Now, if a man sleeps with me and he's not doing what I think he needs to be doing, I'm like, now, let me tell you that 75% of women do not come from penis in vagina. Yeah. And they're Give sitting them there the like, facts. but yeah. they're sitting there, I never want to see this woman again in my life. This is yeah. like a, but I can't, I can't, I, I can't deal with the fact that they are so miseducated about sex. I know. And I am absolutely not willing to fake it anymore. And I, I, the problem is that rather than learning, a lot of them will then go to that 20 year old me version of me yeah, and be able to just do what they want and, and be able to feel like, well, I've made every other woman come except for you. But it's like, no, they're all lying to you. They're all lying. If you'd have slept yeah. with me 10 years ago, you would have believed that you made me come. Yeah. I would have allowed you to believe that when it wasn't true. It makes me feel sick when I think about 20-year-old me because I'm not joking. Before I was... So if I was dating someone and I was like, okay, it's the first time I'm going to have sex, I'd be in the shower. I would literally be sitting on the floor shaving my big toe being like, I need to be big. I need to be perfect because what if they put my feet in their mouth? I must shave my big toe. Everything needs to be perfect. I need to be like a wet seal, moisturised up, ready to go, and then I give them like the best night of their life. I wouldn't have cared less about my own pleasure Mm -hmm. at 20 years old. It would literally be like a bit of a blowjob, a little bit of this, and then done. Yeah, me too. And it makes me feel so sad for 20-year-old me because she deserved a lot better. Yeah, it was all for them. Like you say, it's not even just that like fake performance in bed. It's the whole thing. It's like I've spent how much on a wax, how much on a spray tan or whatever, sunbeds or like lingerie. And then you come in a jumper and boxers (laughs) and trainers. And you've not even washed your balls. Not even what you might have sprayed a bit of Sauvage or what was it back then? Like kind of CK1, like, you know... And really? It's but I find I found that perfectly acceptable. And not only acceptable, I found it like, please want me. Yeah. Why am I not like yeah. no why am I not thinking, do I even want you? Whoa, who yeah. are you, this man in front or of me? Or you're quite lucky to be here with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is a pleasure for you to yeah. be here in this experience with me. Yeah. Okay, well, since I've got you here, I wanted to go through a bit of fuckboy terminology because this is something that I feel women don't really know about but there are a lot of techniques that guys use when dating and picking you up and dropping you off like a couple that I've heard obviously everyone knows this one ghosting where they just drop off the face of the earth Mm -hmm. they can you can be dating them for what like two three weeks four weeks even six weeks do you know what I think I've dated someone before for like five months and then they've just ghosted me I always tell this story about my friend's mum who's with a guy for like 17 years and no one day no she went to work she came home all of his stuff was gone disappeared phone off done Never saw him again. Never heard from him again. Do you know what I always think? Before we had mobile phones, like, that must have been so easy for men to do. Yeah. Because they just moved to the next town next door. You probably never see them again. Yeah. Just start a whole new family. Yeah. That was ghosting in the olden days Except before Except in those days, we would turn up at their houses and we would probably know where their mums lived. True. We would be up, you know, I mean, you'd Parents have... Parents Yeah. Yeah, if they moved, then obviously that's a bit more difficult. But actually, if, you know... Yeah. If you live in the same sort of area. Like now I wouldn't go to someone's house if they ghost me. Yeah. That would be psychotic. But back then you kind of would, you know. (laughs) The next one is breadcrumbing, which I also have been victim of this many times where Mm. I'll be dating a guy and then they give you like just enough to keep you hooked in. So you're there with your little bread. 
breadcrumbs eating yeah. them like yep yeah, okay and then it's but it's not enough to be committed to you to be treating you right this for me was like the beginning of my 20s being breadcrumbed the whole time it would drive me insane because especially from someone like I would say attachment wise back then I was probably anxious so it was just enough to keep me like oh he's interested and, da, da, da. and then when he wasn't interested I'd be like what have I done wrong why is he not breadcrumbing me anymore like I was fully aware what was going on but yeah that's also one that is hell in terms of you're on a roller coaster with them breadcrumbing is horrible but actually I think I probably have been guilty of breadcrumbing quite a lot of people myself. I think I've done that too as well. Because I think sometimes it happens when you meet someone at the same time that you're like invested in someone else. Okay. And so I'm not excusing people who breadcrumb because actually I think it's a really horrible yeah. way to treat people. But I've certainly been in that situation where I've like met someone, I'm not really that into them, but they've got enough about them that I don't really want to let them go. Yeah. In case I need them at some point, like when this one I'm invested in at the moment inevitably fucks me over. Yeah. Which it's is, like option. I said, it's cruel, Safety isn't it? And now. nobody wants to be that. I don't want to be some guy's backup option. I no. want to be your absolute first. first. Um, so I guess I kind of in some ways recognise why people might my yeah. breadcrumb but I also recognize because I've been breadcrumbed so many times myself uh, how shit it is and it sucks when that person is the one that you're really into yeah and you're really hopeful that it's going to work with them but I've definitely breadcrumbed before but mine will always be because I'm too busy and maybe I'm just not as like not feeling that connection but you know they're a good guy or you yeah. know that they're a good choice for you they're very solid but you're just not feeling that chemistry exactly that but you don't want to be like you don't a goodbye them... yeah because you feel like maybe I might come to that at some point but the, you... it will grow you started off by saying like you know if I'm too busy or whatever my, my true belief and maybe I'm just basing this on how I operate in the world but you will never be too busy for someone who you're really into yeah you're just not when you're really into you make someone the time. you make the time because you're thinking about them all the time yeah if somebody says to me oh I'm so sorry I forgot to reply to you for two days well you're definitely not feeling the same way I, as I am about you because there is not a chance yeah. that I, you could slip my mind for 48 hours yeah. if I'm into you. Yeah. So, um, so, so it's, yeah, I, I, th I think breadcrumbing is, is, it's not as cruel as ghosting. Cause I kind That's of savage ghosting. But again, I've ghosted people. So it doesn't always mean that the people doing these things are like horrific, horrendous, psychopath people. Yeah. I think it's something that a lot of us do within the dating scene. But I think a lot of us also have to recognise how much it hurts when it's being done to us. Yeah. Anyway, next on the terminology is benching. Have you heard of benching? Benching is a lot like breadcrumbing. It's where you put some, you leave somebody on the bench. Yeah, so it's more of a player vibe. So they're, yeah. maybe they're not busy, maybe they're not this, but they'll like bench you for, I don't know, six weeks and then come back because, you know, their first player, second player has gone out the scenes. So they're like, okay, now you're back in the game. Yeah. But a lot of that I feel is to do with ego boosting. Yeah. Like I've had it with guys where, will end things and then I for me like when it's done it's done and then like six weeks later I get that message hey you mm. like, no not hey you mm. literally fuck off and die never speak to me again I think there's two things I think it's either ego boosting like you say they want to know if, if they, they can, can still, get you. still come back uh, and sometimes they'll even like if you allow them to 
they'll even make a plan or whatever and not even stick to it because they just wanted to know if you were available mm. at their beck and call. But also I think the other thing is that sometimes it's just fucking. That's what they want. Yeah. And, and, and we can put all this terminology like benching or whatever, but actually you've encountered somebody who enjoys fucking you but really doesn't want anything else to do with yeah. you and they will fuck you leave you alone for a few weeks so that you don't get the wrong idea it's the dishonesty around it that upsets me because i could almost get my head around that if they were like i really like to have sex with you but i don't want a relationship with you because then it leaves me in control to decide yeah. what i want to do from that stage yeah they're not a fuck boy if they tell you that they only want to fuck. And if they are consistent with that, you know, if I, you are a fuck boy, if you're like, I only want to fuck right now, but that's because I need to like get someone's sexual energy. And then if we are a match, maybe I'll be up for a relationship later in the future when they know full well. Yeah. But if they're straight up, I want casual sex. I want a one night stand. If you're up for that, great. I'm not going to be catching any feelings. That, like you say, they've given you the opportunity to make that choice. Yeah. And then if you get into bed with them and you end up catching feelings, then that's on you because they were very clear with you that they were never going to. They are not a fuckboy. Yeah. They're a fuckboy if they make it appear like... <clears throat> they do, but they actually don't. Yeah. So I have... I, okay, so this will probably help a lot of people then. So if you have been with someone who's been dishonest, which will just put the terminology around fuckboy, and you're in a relationship with them, I, I think it's really hard to move on... Cause, when they cheat on you, that's the hardest part because you're almost in denial that they've told you everything you want to do. It's almost like that mirroring tactic. They present themselves as the person that you want. So, like, what's your advice then for someone who's been cheated on by one of these guys and they're trying to move on from it and get over it? Because I think it can leave you in some serious heartache. Yeah, it's very difficult because what happens is you begin to just not believe anything that anyone says. Yeah. When it's been that whole dishonest like gaslighting but like you find out so I had a situation where I was uh seeing a guy more than seeing him actually it was like a proper we hadn't actually said you're my boyfriend but it was <clears throat> you know we were telling each other that we loved each other we were seeing each other like at all spare times you know like he'd be on the phone to his friends and they'd be like where are you and he'd say I'm with my girl you know those kind of things where you're like okay we, we haven't said we are in a relationship we spent valentine's together we spent his birthday it's pretty weekend much together. as good as being a relationship we were fully the actual words we're in a relationship yeah i i i, I had no uh, concerns mm -hmm. whatsoever because he spent so much time with me like when do you even have the time yeah. I, and I know where you are when you're not with me so <clears throat> anyway I was totally wrong because he had a full-on baby mum who he lived <laughs> with the mother of his child um, I didn't even know his real name Oh, he'd lied about it. He'd lied about everything. He lied about his age. He lied about where he lived. He lied about what he did for a job. I mean, er the whole man who I thought I was in love with was a t like I a didn't con. I li literally I didn't know him. Yeah. So when the the baby mom contacted me to be like, "Are you in a relationship with this guy, M Mark?" We'll call him, and I'm like, "No, I'm not. I've never even heard of anyone called Mark." And she's like, "Yeah, well, he sent me a picture," and I'm like. Oh my god, yeah. I but that's Martin or whatever. Yeah. Um and it was devastating to me and I couldn't like I spent a long time on the phone with the baby mum like you know Getting piecing things together yeah. working out like so how what about Valentine's Day and because uh, I spent Valentine's night with him we went out for dinner she was like yeah I went for lunch you know like yeah. things like that he'd just been living this whole double life and I was after that 
it really affected how I date. It, obviously, I was devastated. Um, I felt so betrayed because it just felt like I'd been having sex with a stranger. Like, yeah. how am I having sex with you and being like, oh, Mark, or, you know, that's, you're not even called Mark. Yeah. Um, so it was a heavy betrayal. And after that, when I tried to jump back onto the like dating bandwagon, I was almost like, can you bring your passport to a date, please? You yeah. know, like, I, I want to come to your house, FaceTime me from your house. Yeah. I want to see the pictures that are up on your walls. Yeah. Invite me to a house for the second date. You know, it brings you the complete opposite. I, I became undateable because I'm like going into these dates with like extreme fucking suspicion. Like, everybody's yeah. a bad person, everybody's lying to me. And that really messed me up. And then I had to come to this kind of position of like, you know what? First of all, not everybody's going to do that. Mm -hmm. I know enough people who are in really healthy relationships with men to know that this is not all men. Yeah. Um, I also then was able to learn and look back on the things that I had missed. Like he'd never invited me to his house. Why? Yeah. Why are we going? Why are we together for six months and we're at my house every fucking time? Like, yeah. You know, and that seems so basic, but you can just slip into that. Yeah. Um. So that relationship. It was a few years ago, but it provided me with a lot of like learning to be able to go, I know I, this red flag now. Yeah. So actually, I think the people who have been through that need to recognise how wise yeah. it makes you. I always say with my situation in 2020 that it made me, it was like paying my school fees and dating because it changed me forever. Now, the first year after that, I was doing similar stuff to you where I felt like I couldn't trust anybody. I was so untrustworthy of everybody. I was like, you know, I need, uh, with my situation, he had financial problems, gambling problem, addiction problems. And he had an ex-girlfriend that was on the scene and multiple other women, which was awful. And you then get this distrust where you're like, I, they're, like, they're all like that or mm. I'm going to be mugged off again. So, but for me, the worst phase of it after a breakup was the confusion. Not having the answers was so hard. And I'll forever be grateful to the ex-girlfriend for actually telling me yeah. what happened. Because if I the story that he was telling me and the story she was telling me was totally different. But if she hadn't have told me that, I'd have been left in that confused state, which is so hard to move on from. Yeah. Feels it like is. it's an open loop and you can never get the answers to... Yeah, and some people are never going to be able to, and but that doesn't mean that they have to stay in that open loop. Yeah. You, you, closure, I think we are, have these ideas about closure from the movies and from reading romance but stories. But you get closure from yourself. You can get closure from yourself by getting to that point where you're like, actually, these answers are irrelevant. Yeah. You know, I'm never going to get them. And actually, why does it even matter? Because I know roughly what happened was shit. I yeah. don't need to know the ins and outs about it. What I need to know is how this person made me feel yeah. and how they treated me. And I have to close this myself by just... You know, making for, peace with it, making for yourself. peace with yeah. it. Yeah, for me, I, I, and this is not for everyone. You know, forgiveness is is a really individual thing where you don't have to forgive people if if, yeah. if you don't want to. For me, forgiveness is always the thing that helps me move forward. So if I can say, you know what, he's really hurt me, mm -hmm. but it's done now, and and I and I, I forgive that. I, I, you know, I. I'm not angry with you anymore. Yeah. I don't need you to provide me with any answers anymore. I'm over it. I'm yeah. done. I forgive you. 
Do you know what the hardest part for me was? Was not forgiving him, but forgiving myself mm. for letting myself be in that situation. That was something that I did therapy for for a really, really long time. And she kept saying to me, she was like, you're angry with yourself for letting this happen. You know, could have happened to anybody, Georgie. You can't be angry at yourself. Forgiving myself for being in that situation and ignoring the red flags mm. was the hardest thing. I think the thing about dating is that you are you have to go into it knowing that the outcome of this is not necessarily going to be forever mm -hmm. like every relationship that you start is potentially going to hurt you yeah that's what love is mm -hmm. like you if you are opening yourself up to love and to relationships you are opening yourself up to the most extreme hurt that you can probably go through and that might be that uh, the person suddenly changes after six months and you realize you didn't know who they were you might be together for 20 years and they might die and that might be the you, you know you are if you never want to be hurt in love again, then, then you just shouldn't date. Don't date. Yeah, just be on that's your own. That's it. Like, and, and that's a valid choice as well. Mm -hmm. it's not, there's nothing wrong with being single forever. People are completely whole without a partner. And if you really can't ever face that hurt again, then don't do it. Yeah. But then that is life limiting. And then that is allowing, or it may be life limiting. And it's allowing the people who hurt you to have so much control and so much power over your future that they really don't deserve to have but I think if we can get into that headspace of like I've been hurt before mm -hmm. badly and I'm all right now yeah you, know, you survived it the people made it through. or the guy who made me feel like I was absolutely worthless when I was 20 I can't even remember his surname now yeah you know like I I I I have moved on and I have got over it and I've got over 10 other terrible things that men have done to me since then that at the time I thought like, well, that's it. No, I will never go near another man again. And I think it is looking at yourself and going, I can, I'm all right. I, I can get over things. I can heal myself and yeah. I don't want to be hurt again. But if I am, I, I can deal with it and I will deal with it. And it also teaches you, I think, for me, going through a situation like that, that was horrendous. It So it took swung me the other way where I was really untrustworthy. And now I'm at a really good place where I have the confidence to ask the questions because I know that I can pick up if someone's lying to my face mm -hmm. or their sort of, you know, their stories are changing now. And I never used to be able to ask those questions out of fear of thinking that I would be too intense. But actually what I've learned from all of this is that I deserve the answers. Yeah. And if I want to know the answers, I have to ask the questions. Yeah. Because I think men will never give you the answers unless you ask the questions. So there's another part in your book that I loved called your, it's a bit like your self-love guide. And it's just like three points, which was buy yourself flowers, get a takeaway or, or buy yourself dinner and then go home and masturbate. Um, for me, this really resonated with me because I live by myself. And if I was to just sit in every night and not like take care of myself, it's, it's making those small things into like dating yourself so I will like buy myself flowers now I will you know take myself to dinner or even like just put a bit more effort in into cooking a really nice meal for myself and then definitely masturbate like mm -hmm. I actually think that you get clarity as well before you go on a date if you masturbate before you go yeah you're not going into it horny yeah 
That's like the worst mistake you can ever make. And it's the best thing you can do before, like, calling over an ex or being there on a Saturday night. Because you won't want to call them after you've had yeah, an orgasm. <laughs> exactly. It gives you that, like, a post-nut clarity. So uh, uh, it's, a spe- it's so essential. I do Saturday night reminders on Instagram because I know that Friday and Saturday nights can be really vulnerable times. Like, if you're all your mates are out with their partners or at home with their partners and you're like, I haven't got anyone, but I feel like I need some male attention and validation and I've got this guy who's been breadcrumbing me a bit or, you know, I haven't seen him since we last fucked three weeks ago or whatever, but shall I phone him to see if he can keep me company this Saturday night? You know, play with yourself first. Make yourself come first. Do you really need him? Yeah, no. You know? And if you have had an orgasm and you're still like, yeah, it would be a great idea to have this dick in me, then go for it. I'd say nine times out of ten. Ten times out of ten. Actually ten, yeah, you don't want to. No, because back to the first conversation, you'll probably end up with BV and was it really worth (laughs) it? Testing your pH balance. Yeah, Yeah, literally full circle, isn't it? Mm. I think just having an orgasm by yourself could solve so many answers. Absolutely. This leaves it on such a high for me because this... We're two really sex positive pages and it's so important for women to talk about that and say that you need to enjoy it. Like, do you know what really upsets me when people message me and say, you know, what if they don't like how I look when I've got no clothes on? I'm like, babe, no one is looking at you naked thinking, I don't want to have sex with you. Like nine, ten times out of ten, they're going to get a boner. Yeah. Like they're just grateful to be there with you doing this. Yeah. Get out your head. Don't worry about that. Just be positive about it. Enjoy it. Like let yourself be free. I, we, we need to stop all these like restrictions of what men expect of us and, you know, all of that. This is like a new sex positive generation, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes we need to think about what do we feel like? You know, have you ever been on top of a man and thought, oh, his belly's jiggling? Yeah. Never. (laughs) Yeah, but guys are so confident. Like, literally, I remember I was dating this guy. He'd look in the mirror before he got and be like... Looking good, my friend. Oh, <laughs> God. Be like, why do I not do that? Like, I need to be able to look in the mirror and be like, today's going to be a good day. You're looking really good. And you know, you know what, I mean? what? They don't care. They've got all ingrowing hairs on their yeah. beard. The beard's not even connecting. They've got a couple of boils on their back and <laughs> oh, like, the hair boil. coming out of the bum crack. And we're like, I hairy love shoulders. You. Yeah, yeah, we're stroking the hairy shoulders. <laughs> and then we're worrying because we've got like a bit of hair on our big toe. Like, fuck it. I've had enough of this. Like, we have all got to take a stand and just be super confident in ourselves and if somebody doesn't like it they were never for us oh my god okay that is literally the perfect place to leave this so thank you so much for listening to the first episode you can go and follow Lala and check out more of your work at at La 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 let me explain yeah. I highly recommend going to her page she's incredible we've been insta friends for a while now and um, tell us a bit about your book. So your book is called Block, Delete, Block, Move, Delete on. Move On. Yeah. Where can you get it? You can get it everywhere. Just Google. If you're international, get it through uh, Blackwells. Um, but yeah, just put in Block, Delete, Move On. You can get it on Audible, Amazon. And I did say to you earlier on, just to wrap this, but you know, I said if you can't afford therapy or you're really struggling being single and you really, really, really need a bit of a guide, this is a really good option for you. Obviously, if you can afford a therapy, do it. But this, for me, when I read it, it was so much of what I've learned in therapy, which I think is incredible that you've written this book. So well done to you. It means a lot. Um, Absolute 10 out of 10. And you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at georgie.clark. I'm always on there, so get involved. And of course, 
send me in any more stories because I absolutely love to give you guys advice. And thank you, Lala. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> love you too. <laughs>